welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Well, hello and welcome to the 39th episode of the infamous Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I'm your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And uh, today we're going to talk about something that uh, I was inspired to talk about after I read a quote by Rudolf Steiner. Rudolf Steiner was this uh, Austrian philosopher architect he was a an occultist esotericist and uh, clairvoyant by his own uh, right and he he's got many quotes out there but one that i shared with uh, a friend of mine or an acquaintance a colleague um was the following check this out this is really it's really interesting More than a hundred years ago, Rudolf Steiner wrote the following. In the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine. Under the pretext of a healthy point of view, in quotation, there will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the existence of soul and spirit. To materialistic doctors will be entrusted the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today people are vaccinated against this disease or that disease, so in the future children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness, quote-unquote, of spiritual life. He would be extremely smart, but he would not develop a conscience. And that is the true goal of some materialistic circles. With such a vaccine, you can easily make the etheric body loose within the physical body. Once the etheric body is detached, the relationship between the universe and the etheric body would become extremely unstable and man would, be, would become an automaton for the physical body of man must be polished on this earth by spiritual will. So the vaccine becomes a kind of arimanic force. Man can no longer get rid of uh, a given materialistic feeling. He becomes materialistic of constitution and can no longer rise to the spiritual. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So what is this gentleman saying is that in the future, and that was over 100 years ago, mind you. He says in the future, you could be vaccinated by such a substance, which will pretty much eject your soul, your conscience. It would uh, make you averse to all this spiritual mumbo-jumbo bullshit, and it would uh, make you embrace fully the conscious mind, the, the rational mind, and make that a god, and uh, through the conscious mind, through the help of all rational thinking, you would be driven to only achieve one thing, 
materialistic uh, happiness, materialistic bliss, right? So I thought this uh, show today would be titled In a World of Automatons, Be a Human Being. What do you think of that? And what do you think of that quote? Wow, there was a lot to embrace, a lot to take in. As as you were, I suppose my first uh, thought was um, was to relate to the obviously the impending vaccine that's uh, coming down the line. Um, and then the more I listened, the more I thought, have we not already had this vaccine? Have we not already had the mind being taken away from the soul and from spirituality through the use of the media and communication methods which have already sent most people away from this line of thought and reflection and we are entirely focused on material things and pretty much worship them at the moment so that was where I went on the particular journey as I listened to what you were saying. And I think there are, I mean, you see it in not too far from where you live and I live. Um, a lot of people have been driven entirely by materiality and been prepared to compromise conscience and decent and reasonable behavior and, um, and all the stuff that goes with that in exchange for getting power, getting wealth, being able to subjugate other people. So it's already happening as I see it. Yeah, exactly. I feel exactly the same way. I, that's when I, when I first started, when I first read this in the beginning, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, vaccine. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, whoa, you know, we probably have had several doses of that vaccine already. Mm. So, the uh, one of the most amazing parts is the, you know the way that people respond to such a thing like because I, I read like i said you know i started i was talking to someone and i i read this quote to them and they started laughing and and, and you know calling me names <laughs> so <laughs> so so it, it was just even even the the concept of relaying something like that, right? It should be a reason for prosecution. And, and if that isn't the exact um, proof that that this quote is 100% accurate, I don't know what is. Because what are we talking about here? We're talking about the destruction, the elimination of individuality. Hmm. of uh, critical critical mind, critical uh, thinking, which of course is something we've been dealing with on pretty much uh, on uh, every episode that we've had so far because the critical factor, the critical thinking part is that which separates someone who lives their entire life in a hypnotic trance and someone who awakens and sees what they their life is about that is as i would call it the hive mind and this is what exists all around us the hive mind yeah uh what is the hive mind the hive mind uh, to me is essentially the idea that people need to stick together and they need to conform with whatever the hive or the group actually needs and um, they don't stray. And if they stray, there will be an initial attempt to draw you back in. If you continue to stray, you'll be cast out and basically ridiculed in order to ensure that nobody else gets the same idea because the whole idea is to keep everyone down at the same level, working for the same objective. So people who are critical in their thinking, people who do let's call it heroic things, who see a sense of doing their own individual thing, their own hero's journey, as it were, they're cast out um, unless once they do it, they're seen to have achieved something that the group subsequently acknowledges 
and accepts and maybe praises and then uses in order to feed itself, I suppose. So, so it's just about keeping people together, keeping them down and preventing people from being themselves. The automaton behavior, and they criticize or try to limit and restrict the human behavior. That's right. It's precisely, precisely that. And uh, of course, uh, the hive mind is like, uh, th there's no individuality in the hive mind. I mean, think of it this way. It's like uh, a beehive. Mm -hmm. right? Within a beehive or an ant colony, no one has the, the right where no one is encouraged to, to have an individual perspective. Everyone must share the common perspective one way or the other. There's no way you can stray from it. And you got to do what you're told. And if you do, then you'll be happy. And if you don't, then there's going to be consequences and repercussions. Yeah. So I see that. I mean, this is a, this is a great metaphor. We started talking about that uh, unbelievably evil type of vaccine that Rolf Steiner is talking about that would pretty much render your spirit, your individuality, obsolete. It, it, it just wouldn't even, it wouldn't be able to, to survive, to still be connected to your body because your, your body would have become uh, a different kind of housing. And that to me is it's a horrifying thought. It, it, the more horrifying part is, of course, because both you and I, and I, I bet you very many other people, would see that this is already, to a large degree, already accomplished. It's already done. Yeah. Right? I mean, who is anyone, generally speaking, of course, anyone who is preoccupied with thinking, you know, deep thinking and, and spiritual thinking and philosophical thinking and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's either some kind of lunatic or some kind of, you know, um, scholar that is just babbling nonsense. And it's like people are like, oh, you know, that's interesting. You know, they, they, it becomes like this specimen uh, where people entertain uh, the, the the concepts of, of a philosopher um, but it's just like for oh you know that that was a you know it's like going to the theater you know <laughs> it's like, and and what or like watching a movie that is uh, thought-provoking uh, and people think when they do something like that they have a feeling that they've accomplished something that they've done something no, like when I, I know because I've experienced that many times. So people have intellectual conversations, <laughs> and and there's there's people within my friends circle. There has been several people throughout the years that uh, craved you know to get together like once a month or whatever and uh, sit down and talk about all these uh, deep thoughts that uh, somehow they didn't have in their everyday life and uh, it, the night would leave them feeling a little more connected, a little more sophisticated, you know, a little more, uh, a little smarter, a little, a little more spiritual. But truth be told, you, as the man said, knowing the path is not enough. You have to walk the path. Yeah. And so uh, many people in today's world are, of course, completely integrated with the hive mind and pay no attention to any such bullshit as, you know, deep thinking, uh, all these crazy conspiratory concepts, uh, you know, about aliens or about, you know, spirits and entities and and magic and the occult and hypnosis and all things like that shamanism because 
how can that help you make your life better? And by make your life better, I mean, you know, increase your income and do all the things and buy all the things that you always wanted to buy, right? So <clears throat> the hive mind <laughs> is the threat. It's a, it's a serious threat to this uh, society. I mean, threat, it's already taken over as far as I'm concerned, but, you know, the, the few fragments that, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if at some point soon people like us are liable to be institutionalized, right? Yeah. Be because we are a threat to, oh, I saw, like, for example, I saw um, J.S. Spears, uh, a Facebook account, you know, you know who that is, right? The... Uh the guy, the long with the, the guy with the long red hair, the yoga guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's hilarious, but he is a modern day Greek philosopher. Yeah, uh, there was a Diogenes actually who used to talk in in similar fashion. You know, like uh, approach everything, uh, making fun of everything, be sarcastic, be facetious, be funny, but in essence, you know, just like George Carlin used to do. Uh, roast the status quo because, uh, you know, what else are you going to do? So this dude is being threatened. He took a screenshot of whatever, you know, his Facebook channel was uh, uh, the health of his Facebook channel. And he was telling him that you're very, very close to being completely banned from Facebook because you keep on violating our standards. Now, I mean, wow, you know, yay democracy, man. I love it. Land of the free, home of the brave, my brother. Yeah, as long as you sing the right song and do what you're told, of course. The thing is, it's always it's always been there in one form or other. I mean, so it's no surprise that someone would say what they said 100 years ago, and I'm sure it would have been valid and... I'm sure people would have said something similar a thousand years ago. I think the difference is that um, the reach that, I suppose the world has become very small, whereas a thousand years ago it was physically large, but it was small in small areas, small groups, because people couldn't get around that easily. So the messages that might have been subversive were able, they were, it was possible to suppress them. And it was also possible to keep relatively small groups of people all indoctrinated and following in the same, um, you know, the same hive here, there and everywhere. I mean, this, I suppose what we're talking about is that um, instead of having thousands of hives, there's now, we're coming down into single digits in terms of the number of hives potentially. And... For me, the issue is, I mean, one of the things that, that, that came up when, when you were, again, when you were reading that, and I was thinking, given what we know about the spirit being, being the thing, as it were, that is continuous and the body is just transient, the idea that the, the spirit could be literally suppressed or eliminated is not a possibility because that assumes that the spirit is in the body as distinct from the body is attached to the spirit, which is more the reality. But I think the minds, the paying, paying attention to the spirit and paying attention to, to what it's about and where we're coming, where we come from and what life is about is something that is being eliminated. Certainly it's been eliminated further and further up into the age groups probably only to the point at which people start to say, what was my life about when they're in their 80s on their deathbed, rather than giving it any consideration before. Because now even religion, even with all its flaws in all its different forms, is being eliminated pretty much as well, other than in a very extreme way. So the idea of people taking time out to reflect on what's this all about, even if it's only for an hour on a Sunday, or a Saturday, is is not even happening that much anymore. So people aren't even doing that. So I think the the idea that the spirit could be eliminated, that's not going to happen. 
I also have a sense that the spirit's not going to take it lying down either. But I do think that there is, you know, a kind of a mass, a group think um, going on and has been going on for a while. The more and more of this homogenous media has been fed into us that that essentially is causing us to forget about rather than eliminate, but to forget more and more about who we are and what we're about and where we come from. And to me, it's one of the principal reasons for the rise of narcissism and the extent to which people will lie and cheat and, you know, abuse and do whatever they need to do in vast numbers. It's not just the odd tyrant here and there. It's vast numbers who are taking on this as a legitimate way to live on the basis that they couldn't give a flying fuck about anybody and they will run over anyone in the middle of the road just to get to the other side. I think this the 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 idea that that is um has become quite a normal scenario is testament to the fact that the the virus has already taken hold or the the antidote that Steiner talks about has already been injected. And it's given rise to almost like a different type of hive. It's like a a hive of aggressive bees, as distinct from the ones that are just working to serve the queen and behave like that. So that's it. But think of it this way, though. Given that all the the beings that uh, belong in the hive are doing, are working, as you said, working for the queen, which is... (laughs) <laughs> funny it's uh, it's kind of uh ironic isn't it the hive is working for the queen i mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that um yeah. but what happens when the hive is given the imperative and the perspective that there is a threat there's an imminent threat so, yeah. right, it, which is what, what you just said about, you know, that now they start becoming really violent and uh, threatening. But what I was going to say was like the, the, I think the kind of the hive mentality is there. And I get that, that when the hive has been threatened, the, the hive will get together and they'll see off the threat. They have to protect the hive and the queen. But I think the dangerous thing or the thing that's shifting is that, there's a use of the hive mentality, but what you have is instead of, I suppose you could say, passive, obedient um, bees doing their turn within the hive and, and behaving that way, you now have, a, uh, I think, a mentality which is layered on top of that, which is that I will take whatever I want to take for myself and that there's enough within the hive of those people that they themselves become a hive. So they do what they do to maintain the hive, but they're doing it from a place not of being passive and just worker-like and all of that. They do it from a, a place of everyone being aggressive and everyone being for themselves. And I think that's one of the areas where, as it were, the soul gets forgotten because, you know, what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong, which in many respects is what holds societies together, starts to get challenged because people are seen to be rising up and getting into positions of power and acquiring wealth. And they're doing it very clearly and very openly by abusing people, by screwing them over, by ripping them off, telling lies, all that sort of stuff. And that's praised and lauded as being a valid way to be. So now they're not exceptional they're part of the norm. That's what I think has shifted significantly. That's right. That's that's definitely the case. And it's also the fact that the conditioning, the conditioning goes deeper. See, what I was talking about is like, yes, most people are lovers of that way of life, which is let's get rich and screw over a couple, you know, who knows? I mean, who cares? Who, who gets screwed over? It's, you know, it's the survival of the fittest or the fattest. Mm. <laughs> and there is, of course, this mentality that is being fed uh, to the hive by the queen. <coughs> Sorry. 
Um, but it's also the fact that if I need, if I am the queen and I need the hive to behave in a certain fashion, then I will throw uh, certain ideas into the collective mind. And those ideas would be like, well, all the people that are not thinking like the hive, you know, it's like communism, right? Isn't it? Or, or yeah. Uh, 1984 kind of behavior 100% if you're not thinking like us you're not just a different person you're not just another individual you are a threat you are threatening the cohesiveness and the health of the community you become an enemy right and what happens to that enemy, that enemy has to be rehabilitated or eliminated. Isn't it uh, amazing that only a few years ago, well, it was, you know, a couple of decades, three decades, or however long, but that's still a few years ago, that uh, techniques like practices like uh, uh, frontal lobotomy and 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 uh, shock treatment. They were state-of-the-art. This is state-of-the-art science, man. Science rules. Science knows what's up, right? So how, how would you come up against this? There's no way. You have no, you have no say. It was like, it was like uh, back uh, in the McCarthy era here in the U.S., like in the, I think it was mm. in the 50s. So you yeah. did, someone could just accuse a point at you. It's like, look, Vincent, he's a communist. <laughs> and, and that would be enough. You know, <laughs> you didn't have to either display any behavior that uh, was providing proof that you were a communist, nor did you have to say anything about it. The fact that someone accused you of it would be enough for you to be blacklisted in your life, have your life be ruined. And, and, we're going right, you know, back to that, it seems to me. Now, we have people that uh, are going up, you know, this whole, of course, the amazing era of the masked world and, uh, and masked nations and uh, the vaccine-driven initiatives you have that exact same behavior. You know, if you, if you, even if you dare to question any of that stuff, you are not just, a, not just brain dead. You're not just a, a moron. You're not just completely ignorant, but you are a threat. You are a threat that must be eliminated. You got to be put in a box, a padded box. How dare you? But I thought, you know, one would think that in this day and age, that kind of behavior would be laughable. You know, that nobody could actually say something like that on a mass scale and be believed. Uh, you know, the fact that you can walk outside. What was it like the, who was it in, in LA, in California? Was it the, the governor of California? I don't remember, but... It, I think it was, yeah, the governor of California um, that <laughs> mandated just a few days ago that walking is illegal. <laughs> walking in California, man. In California, walking is illegal. Yeah. I mean, you gotta get your roller skates out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't and then, of course, you know, you have uh, the people. Look, I'm not trying to pass myself as a as a uh, revolutionary spirit here. You know, people say, "Oh, you know, go into whatever establishment. You gotta wear a mask." And like, fine, I'll, I'll wear a mask, whatever. But the fact that I'm wearing a mask doesn't mean that I feel either feel safer. Nor does it feel that I feel that I am protecting someone else's life. And that's, of course, based on many scientific facts. 
See, I have in my family, uh, my brother is, uh, is a biologist, a naturopathic doctor, and uh, a very deep thinker. And, and he has extremely advanced knowledge of a lot of those things. And he's not the only one. I mean, he lives in Greece, but he, within a group of scientists, they are trying to be heard, to, to talk with uh, a, a certain degree of rational thinking. Because, I mean, okay, we, we can all agree that rational thinking is cool. <laughs> we like it. But where is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I mean, there's literally nothing rational about this shit's happening here. And all I see, of course, you know, look at me uh, having been in, in having been in the propaganda industry and uh, knowing all this stuff about uh, all these things, hypnosis and, and so on, and, uh, and following all the ways in which the mind can either find ways to free itself or the exact opposite, be subjugated. I see the parallels, you know, symbolism, you see symbolism is extremely important to the people in power. And anyone who thinks that the people in power are not connected to occult ideas, principles and practices are very naive. Of course, they're not just naive, they're also ignorant because if you, I mean, how would you how would you know? How would you know to 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 tell someone someone's behavior if you didn't know anything about that behavior? Right? Like if if I if I told you that um, a person who is autistic displays this kind of characteristics, would you be able to uh, when, you, when you came across someone, an autistic person, would you be able to understand what that's about? Would you be able to, to know that these people, for the most part, they're not, you know, they're not retarded, they're not brain dead, they're actually hyper-focused. They could be the exact opposite. They could be brilliant. But would you know that? No. You wouldn't know that. And what they would display in the way that you could decode would be that they don't understand. They have no cognitive understanding, right? So, yeah. so if I am, let's say, we were just laughing about that before. Uh, let's just, let's say, just for a second, just for argument's sake, that magic was real. You know, like magic, like you see in Harry Potter. Let's just let's just uh, assume that it was real, and you knew about that. And I knew about that. And so, I mean, it wasn't that dramatic, right? You wouldn't go poof and things would change, but you get my drift. You know, we'd be able to like cast a spell and com completely rearrange um, events in, in the outer world. So if you could do that, if you knew you could do that in a society that not only is fully convinced that this is utter and complete bullshit, but uh, this the society is, is has no concept of what's involved in such a, such a practice, right? So if you then went ahead and did all these things uh, and uh, influenced people and influenced situations and you know took advantage of of things and, and people. Uh, and nobody could nobody could pin you that kind of thing because as far as everyone else is concerned that's impossible it's impossible for you to do that so if it's impossible for you to do that how could anyone accuse you of it do you see so going back to what i was saying symbolism which is a very deeply embedded in occult and esoteric knowledge, shamanic knowledge and the like. Why is it embedded in there? Because it is the language of the subconscious. We've talked about that before. <clears throat> and why? 
would we care about the language of the subconscious? Because as we know, the subconscious mind is the fuel and the magic with which we can accomplish things. So if we could influence the subconscious mind, we influence situations. So then it would make perfect sense to say that if I were, you know, a, a, a king of antiquity and I had a way of influencing the subconscious mind of a group of people, I would then also in some way influence the outcome of the events that permeate these people's lives. Yes. So if that is correct, why wouldn't I do that? If, if, if I could do that, why wouldn't I do that? Especially when someone can, no one can pin it back. Cause you know, it's like, you know, back, back, uh, back in the day or even now, you know, let's say that you influence someone. Oh, there's like this thing, it's actually a proven thing that the military of all big countries ha uh, has uh, dedicated substantial amount of resources, funding, and we're talking about ESP, we're talking about psychic spies and the like, which of course to the average, the average hive mind is insane and funny and ridiculous. And it's fine in a Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> it's exciting. Man. But but here's the deal. We know that these countries have put in millions upon millions of hundreds of millions of dollars into this kind of practices and these kinds of research. Why the hell would they do that if they were getting nowhere with it? I mean, that's the definition of insanity, right? Burning money flushing it down the toilet for something that's complete and utter bullshit. And then on top of that, on top of that, if we knew and if they knew that it wasn't complete and utter bullshit, what's the best way to pass that into the public hive opinion and uh, perception? You would pass it as if it were completely utter <laughs> bullshit. Of course you would. Why wouldn't you? Why would you ever agree that this shit is legit, right? So symbolism, I'm going back to that. You see an entire world now that is being pushed almost violently to be covering up their entire face outside of the eyes, which is, I mean, what does this mean symbolically? You erase... You completely eradicate your facial your expression. Your individuality. Yeah, your, your personality. Yeah, your personality yeah. is completely wiped. You know, yeah. you that you are becoming quite literally an automaton. You could be a robotic being. Mm. Because for all intents and purposes, most people look alike. You know, if you get to kind of like let's 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 assume, let's assume we would shave everyone and and have them pretty much be at the same height, more or less, would you be able to tell an individual in the crowd? Of course not. So this is a deeply embedded command. It's a hypnotic command that says to the subconscious, your individuality not only doesn't matter, but it is threatening. It's dangerous. It's time to get rid of that bullshit. And... Of course, people would say, what are you smoking, man? This is ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy talk. It's only a temporary issue. <laughs> of course, you know, like nine months later, you know, this is becoming worse. And when does it end? Perhaps when we all get vaccinated. When Harry Potter comes along and produces, at the same time, a vaccine... All of the major players are all able to do it at the same time. And they're all, ab all able to do it in record speed. Half the time that it would normally take to get to a minimum viable product, according to more eminent scientists than me. And properly tested would normally take seven, eight years. Harry Potter has 
swooped in on his broomstick and apparently it's safe after nine months. Of course, absolutely. And why wouldn't he be? But you see, it's not even, if we don't even go there, if we don't even go there, we must examine what is happening with the mask. The mask. I see my little girl, my seven-year-old, my seven-and-a-half-year-old, and her girlfriends or, you know, her friends from school that she doesn't get to see in person anymore. Right? It's another It's another thing. We don't even socialize. The kids don't even socialize anymore. I mean, that very basic, rudimentary understanding of being a human is being removed, is being removed. And if we, if they ever have to get together in person, they hide behind the masks. Now, the, the most tragic part about that, the part that makes me horrified is the fact that they already see that as a normal thing to do. You understand? Talk mm. about talk about conditioning, my brother. This is they get they don't give a shit about you and me, you know, because hey, you know, we're for all intents and purposes, we are goners, Sue. <laughs> right? They don't care. But they care about a society of little people that will be the ground foundation of generation that will not only accept that stuff but will know for a fact that this stuff is totally normal they, they will be nothing to force these kids could for all for all, think about it for all intents and purposes i mean now there's like fashion there's fashion versions of the mask as a matter of fact i bought one of those <laughs> it's like a steam Punk, you know, rendition of like the leather or whatever. You know what I mean? But I was like, hey, you know, if I'm going to be at my gallery and have to wear this freaking thing, might as well look cool. <laughs> but think about it, though. Now, already, all this shit's happening. Right? You, you, go, you go to Gap, right? Gap.com. And there's a section where you can get a mask. Do you understand how insane that shit is? So... What I find interesting is that um, there was all of this uh, stuff over the past few years um, in places, in particular in France, I think, but in a number of other countries, where when you had Muslim girls um, in school, in high school and then in college, and they were opting to wear the yashmak, and there were all kinds of movements about the fact that they shouldn't be allowed wear it because it was discriminatory one way or the other. It was hiding stuff. It was preventing people seeing who they were. It was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we go from a situation where you have society, as it were, railing against it because it was a symbol of um, a religion that they were afraid of or certain elements of it, to a situation where now society has flipped completely <laughs> and is saying it's okay and it's normal and in fact you must wear it. Forget all the stuff we said a few months ago about it not being appropriate or um, and not right for these people that were threatening us to uh, to be able to show their individuality. Um, yeah, it's okay for us now to all wear the masks. So, so... Absolutely. But it's not, this isn't just okay. It's, it's not okay to not wear them. Because you are an asshole if you don't wear them, you see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. And of course, you know, I have to say there are a lot of people that do see the absurdity of this bullshit. But there are also a lot of people I come across them every day that will crucify you for daring to even think like this. I think there's a, you know, the nature of the whole thing. It's caused people to get to a point where on the one hand, they're tired and weary. And we all know that torture, uh, one of the principal methods of 
torturing and breaking people down in a wartime situation is to get them tired and weary before they'll talk. Um, and the second thing is that people have been deprived of the way that they were living before and they long for all of that being able to go out, being able to socialise, been able to come and go as they please, not been restricted in their homes, been able to go on foreign holidays. They long for all of that, and it's not that long ago when they, um, when they had it. They just want it back. And then along with this weariness, they're almost at the point of saying, just give me whatever it is I need to take to get back to normal. And that's, I think that's the point that people are at. That's why you're not getting critical analysis of how it is you can produce a vaccine in not less than nine months, you know, literally five minutes after the thing. How is it that all of these competitive organizations that would normally be suing each other or trying to steal each other's ideas, etc., um, have all managed simultaneously to produce um, vaccines and they're, they're all 95% to 95% effective. I mean, it's it's bizarre that that should happen. I mean, they didn't even bother trying to stagger it a bit, you know, and, and, and one had, you know, got there first and, and managed to make a lot of money out of it before the others caught up, which is usually what happens in the in the scientific pharmaceutical business anyway. Um, but this time, no, they all actually rode in pretty much five minutes after the presidential election was kind of declared and uh, and and they all come in and, and do this and it's just like I'm just ob observing this and I'm saying there's a lot of things that don't add up here and nobody seems to be asking the question and then the other side is we've had so many years of people having you know had to take claims against various um, pharmaceutical companies around the side effects of vaccines and um, and even that act in 2005 when you were basically prevented in the US from suing these uh, manufacturers there was there was oh yeah yeah that's the, that's the other thing that was removed um, yeah so all of all of that was removed and so you have all this so they're able to produce it with impunity basically and you still have all these side effects from various uh, vaccines that that go on, or that are given. Um, and here we are. We've we've run up. We've a number of them have produced this thing. Like where in logic and rational thinking is it reasonable to say that they've all got it right, and that it's all been tested sufficiently to actually been put out into the population? It's just very simple stuff, but nobody seems to be in the mainstream. Nobody seems to be asking the question. And everyone is thinking, well, I'll plan my holidays next year because the vaccine will be out at that stage and I'll be, I'll be fine. And I'll be able to go here next year because the vaccine will be out and we'll be fine. And we'll soon be all able to be back to where we were. And yet <laughs> nobody's questioning any of this stuff, which... You don't have to be anti-vax to just have these simple questions and wonder why no one is asking them. Oh, but you do. You do. You are, as a matter of fact. Not only are you anti an anti-vaxer, if you think like that, but uh, you are just a dangerous, uh, potentially criminal entity. <laughs> you know... Uh, talk about uh, magic and hypnotic suggestion uh, that these terms by themselves, they have taken life of their own, right? If you call someone an anti-vaxxer, immediately what happens? Wh whoever hears that, they get, they get a, a certain perception of mm. who you are. This person is insane. Right? Somebody call someone who just call you that, you know, without knowing anything else about you. Once again, you know, go, being blacklisted back in the McCarthy uh, era, 
and someone would call you a communist and you didn't, there's no nothing. It's like someone threw, uh, you know, an arrow in you that had poison and it hit you and that's it. Now you're tagged <laughs> like an animal. So there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. Now all you have to do is just try and do your best to, to explain yourself so that the other people don't think you're actually insane. Do, do you see how insane that is and how violent, how fucked up this shit is? It's, it's like the, the conspiracy theory term, which was coined by the CIA brilliantly, absolutely, of course, after people started inquiring about what happened to Kennedy with the assassination. Because, you know, people were like, this doesn't make sense. This <laughs> doesn't make sense. This happened and that. Oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, run for the heels, my brother, because that's it. You've been tagged. You're a troublemaker. That's it. Tag, you're it. <laughs> that's the game. Right? How dare you? How dare you? But look, I get it. I get it already. I mean, you know, I'm not a an evangelist in in this area, but I, 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 you know, I do rail against a lot of the um, pronouncements and practices of conventional medicine because I think it's lazy and just money making, um, and it it also is part of the de well. That's not the, the right word, but I'm saying like removing the sense of the individual power, the idea that you have to rely on a man with a white coat who gives you a pill or tells you to have something chopped out as a solution to your problem. And you have to rely on it because you haven't got the capacity to understand it or do anything about it yourself. Um, so therefore, we will patronize you and infantilize you in order to tell you what you should do um i mean that has been going on since they set up the you know the crooked medical schools back in the whatever it was the 90, early 1900s when all of the alternative medicine uh, schools were shut down and there was a concerted effort to essentially introduce the simple diagnose give it a pill and chop it out uh, approach which was essentially adopted by all of the US medical schools because they were all sponsored. Um, and they put people who were um, sympathetic to the view on their, on their boards. And then that just passed across into Europe and Western medicine. So if you haven't, there's a classic example, I mean, a hundred years ago of how you had an insidious uh, takeover of minds and uh, bodies um, when when that approach was adopted. And now if you talk about using an alternative approach to whatever ailment you might have, usually it's only acceptable if you do it um, once the conventional guy has told you that you've only got three months to live and all the chopping out and burning or whatever they've attempted to do to you hasn't worked. And it's okay now to maybe go and get some Reiki or to go on a, a juice-only diet or to adopt a fasting approach or whatever. So it's already not acceptable to go against uh, society and convention in many areas. So the idea that whether you're questioning the vaccine or not or questioning the masks or not, that's, to me, that's a, just an extension of this. There's nothing new in it at all. It's an extension of what, what they've created over the years, um, essentially for profit and control, um, to ensure that people don't question the fact that the, the coloured tablets that they peddle to people and make a lot of money off are actually, they're not just shit, they're poison, and yet everyone feels they have to take them. So... It's uh, conditioning. Did you say? Did someone there say conditioning through yeah. and through? Yeah, conditioning. Yeah, programming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And 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 even in like even when you'd go like even in Ireland when you 
if you mention in certain situations, because we're a hugely beef and dairy dependent farming nation, certainly we were. Like in a lot of places, you say you <laughs> you don't eat meat or you don't have dairy. Um, it's like you're, you're anti the group, you're anti the society that you're in. Because like these people could lose their livelihoods if if you said that it wasn't good to eat this stuff. Um, so you can't do it. And that's that kind of conditioning is already in place. So of course. Of course, my friend. And uh what do you go? I mean, you know, we're just I feel like we are the the crazy people, you know, yelling in a cave. <laughs> Yeah. But but here's this morning when I got up and realized it's December the 8th today at the moment that we are recording this and uh I was overcome by nostalgia and sadness because I know that today is the anniversary of John Lennon's uh murder Mm. And I realized that nowhere in social media does this even get mentioned. I mean, not even like the the more legit channels, you know. Yeah. yeah. Facebook itself. I mean, what the you know, shouldn't Mr. Zuckerberg have a post, you know, to revere the 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 memory of this brilliant mind, awesome philosopher. Uh, and I don't know why, why? And then, you know, the next thing that, I'm, that, I, that I thought was one of his famous quotes in which he said, this world is run by insane people and we are liable to be institutionalized to be put away as insane for mentioning this. <laughs> you see, he, he got it. He knew what's up. So I think this is, uh, I mean, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but this is a good uh, point to end this. It's just food for thought, you know, as far as we're concerned. You know, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, maybe we should just uh, do, you know, bullet points, you know, for people to... <laughs> Get, you know what I mean? To get people who don't have the time. They say, "Okay, how do you do this?" How put yourself in trance? Okay, how do you how do you lose the weight? I, you know, <laughs> another bullet. You know, how do you recondition your mind? How affirmation? You know, this sort of thing. Which, of course, the successful podcasts out there <laughs> deal with. Oh man! But you know. Why would we do that? Because, you know, we have that kind of persistent, insane, morbid perception of treating this thing as a human conversation. And who the fuck wants that? <laughs> There's one or two. And that's, I, I was funny because I was, I was saying to you before we came on that I was, uh, I'm listening to the audiobook of um, Seth Godin's uh, latest one called The Practice. And uh, one of the extracts from it was, um, he said, if you're going to do the work, do the work because, not because you believe it's great work, but because you believe it's going to do some benefit for somebody else. Because when you do it for yourself, it's, it's like you're in an echo chamber and the likelihood is that you're not going to release it. It also is likely not to hit the mark in relation to when you do release it, um, it actually impacting someone else positively. So he said, do the work on the basis that you want to help someone. Identify who that person is or those people are, even if they're only a small group, and go from there because your work spreads by virtue of the fact that other people share it, not because you're really good at marketing. So for me, the reason I do this 
And it's a bit like he said, you know, you got to do the work even if you don't feel like it. And there are days when, <laughs> in the last few months, when it's been hectic and trying to actually think, what are we going to talk about? Uh, it's been hard to, to do, but we've done it because we have that commitment. And it's always from the perspective of you're getting, even if it's one or two comments saying, that was interesting, really like that. So even if one person hears it and gets something from it and feels like they were changed as a result of listening to what we're saying, either their perspective changed or their life has changed in some way. Um, on that basis, it's true art. And you know this better than I do, being an artist. So I think we just do what we do and we keep doing it. And maybe until we're locked up <laughs> or maybe until we're banned like JP Sears, uh, who knows? But uh, you got to keep making the art. That's that's it. We've got to keep talking about this, not because we're self-indulgent and just want to talk about it, but I think it's because we believe that it could make a difference to people if they hear it and they start to take note of some of what we're saying. That And the predominant thing is, as individuals, we are extremely powerful. We're far more powerful than we actually realize. And if we do nothing else, even if we're not comfortable in the world and what it's doing around us, if we do nothing else, if we question things, not to be confrontational, but to be curious and get our own answers from sources that we are happy with rather than sources that are rammed down our necks. But if we always come back to the practice that we are more powerful than we are and we use some of the techniques that we've talked about, we have the possibility to remain as humans in a society which for many centuries has been trying to make us automatons. Right on, brother. Couldn't have said, couldn't have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we'll keep on doing that. We'll keep on doing that because, you know, we are, you have to be that kind of person, even if, even if what you come up with is insane sounding, uh, that kind of defiance is actually breathing spirit into the people. You know, in, in ancient Greece, like in Athens, where there was all this philosophical conversation and debates and all this, all the time, <laughs> uh, it was considered insulting to not have an opposing view. I mean, <laughs> now take that and bring it in this society and see how much we've evolved. <laughs> so that's it then. In a world of automatons, in a world that values and rewards the hive mind way of being, and what is the hive mind is the mind that doesn't have an individual thought. It's all, it's like connecting computers together and having a server. See, that's a hive mind. It's like having, everyone is being fed off the same server in a world like that. And I'm sure we all know people like that. Be the opposite, be the individual. Even if just to present an opposing view, just, you know, for kicks, just for finding out what's going to happen. What can happen if I think the opposite thing from what you just said, right? So one way or the other, we need to keep nurturing our spirit because our spirit is the reason why we are here on this plane. That's all I have to say about that. So until next week then, my friend, thank you for being here. Thank you for your tenacity and thank you for your individuality, your independent thought. Others would call it just old age grumpiness. <laughs> I have no problem with that. And you know, you would be perfect if only you would uh, learn to eat meat and dairy like every other normal human being. <laughs> But hey, what are you going to do? You can't have it all in life. You can't have it all.
So then, until next week, let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.